welcome to Learning from Mexico. My name is Laure Nashed. I grew up in different countries on different continents, but mostly in Switzerland, where I also studied architecture. After reading an article about Mexican architecture in the Swiss magazine Werkbau und Wohnen, I moved to Mexico City in 2019 and since work here as an architect. The situation has changed again in Mexico since March of this year, um, as we are all staying in home office since the 17th of March 2020. Right now we expect to stay at least one more month in home office until the end of May. If you are interested in how the situation about the coronavirus is in Mexico, um, please feel free to read my article that was published on the 14th of April in the magazine Werkbau und Wohnen or on my site learningfrommexico.com. In this episode you will hear an interview that was made a couple of months ago before the coronavirus situation or before the coronavirus hit the world. The interview was held with Christoph Zeller and Ingrid Moye, which are the founders of the office Zeller Moye. They are a German-Mexican duo, which were mentioned in, an, in the article that made me come to Mexico. Christoph and Ingrid have a very interesting view on Mexico, as they have worked in architecture offices all around the world and made consciously their choice in 2013 to open up their office in Ingrid's hometown, Mexico City. They see a lot of potential for architects in Mexico. In the interview, Ingrid and Christoph talk about very different aspects in Mexico. They talk about the complexity of the culture and the cities, as well as the importance of handcrafted materials in Mexican architecture. As there are less regulations than, for example, in Europe, they feel like they can concentrate more on the design itself. I hope you enjoy it. Greetings from Mexico City. Our office is called Zeller and Moyer and consisting of Ingrid Moyer and myself, Christoph Zeller. Um, we come from two very different backgrounds. Ingrid is Mexican, I'm German, but we have the office here in Mexico City. We also have a small branch in Berlin, where I'm originally from, but um, the main office and the main work is done here in Mexico. Um, since when are you in Mexico then? Um, we've 2000, been since 2013. Yeah, so it's been six years in Mexico, and um, I think something that is uh, perhaps um, different to a traditional office established in Mexico is that um, Christoph and I have worked for many years for international offices like Herzog and Moron and Sana um, in um, Switzerland, England, and in Tokyo in in Japan, and. These years were, of course, of uh, forming and getting experience, and after a time we decided to open our own office. But we, through our practice, we established um, um, a very global way of working. And also, of course, we created a global network of collaborators, friends, um, and yeah. Which so, happened quite naturally, because we were working, for example, we were working in Herzog-Dimmeron in London, on the Tate Modern project, which um, I was the project manager for many years. And then, of course, you build up a certain network naturally. 
Um, and now we are uh, kind of using that network again or kind of naturally proceeding with it um, as in the form of, for example, Arab engineers. So we work with them, with the same teams, etc. Uh, so it um, actually almost naturally happened. And then you end up with all these connections worldwide and what do you do so you actually almost start globally you know yeah, yeah. it doesn't depend on where you are in the end yeah. isn't it because mm -hmm. it is a lot about just con connecting with people yeah. Yeah. but just uh, what uh, sorry let me um just well, i was gonna get somewhere with with the with the idea so um the point is um so we decided to move to mexico because we, we were actually living in england at that point and we we wanted to open an office an architectural practice and we had the question in front of us like where do we want to do our practice we were already in england we could go have gone to to berlin or to mexico because those two cities well mexico and berlin were our uh, homelands and england was in a way also a possibility because we were working living there but we decided uh, first of all to go to our homelands, first of all. We didn't want to be in, this in an alien place. But then secondly, uh, we um, decided to come to Mexico because we thought Mexico was um, a more um, exciting place where to experiment with design, where, we, where to experiment with materials. Also, we were very much attracted to a certain energy that, was, um, that we uh, felt amongst creatives. And, and this was very attractive, very interesting. We, that's why we decided to, to move here. But we decided to, make it, to keep working in a global scale. So because we, we, we established that way of working, so we keep practicing that way, but we are based in Mexico. And that doesn't mean that we are just um, kind of... Um, so this global concept is, is, is a very complex um, um, theme. And we can go to that <laughs> later, mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, that was a little bit the the, the reason and, and the way we establish ourselves. And um, of course, it's a different world, you know, the the learning in school and the learning in practice. But um, yeah, I think looking back, the I mean, I was at Hasselblad eight years, and um, of course, I started as a junior architect and I left as a as someone who was leading a team, you know, it's a, it's a, it's also a learning curve that you do throughout your practice there. So I would definitely say that this is, um, especially the way it's, it's, it's been done there, um, very experimental, very open. Um, it is also almost like an education and practice, which we benefited a lot from, I think. Yeah. And also I think there's a special condition in Mexico that perhaps the Mexico that people are experiencing today is a much more global Mexico. But in the time when I was studying, that is relatively not so long ago, um, but still, it was a very um, um, limited time for knowledge in Mexico and for the offer in terms of education and literature, and etc. So, for example, in my university, there was a very limited offer of books. There was no internet. So as a student, you had very limited options. Also, what you knew was more from if you were friends with someone who was traveling and had certain knowledge, etc. So, you know, this really gave me the, 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 the kind of thirst for learning more. And I think also I was a little bit frustrated as a student when, of, when I understood the Mexican scene at that time, when, for example, in terms of that... Um, there were just a few architects that were very well known. For example, there was just one architecture magazine that was actually new 
but it was just one. Erkine or which one? Erkine, yeah. yeah, which was great, but there was one, mm -hmm. and it was just starting. Mm -hmm. And there were just a few architects that were kind of important in the scene, and there was a kind of cultural respect and love for, you know, the traditional architects like Barragan, Legorreta, And I actually even had a phase as a student where I was really against this kind of traditional and um, self-referential architecture. And of course, I've matured and I've uh, went through different phases. And of course, now I see it in a very different way and I appreciate it more than ever. And if, is of course one of my greatest inspirations, Baragan, but not just Baragan, the local and, and the traditional. But... I had to go through different phases because also as a, as a young person or as a student, you, I, wanted, um, I was more interested in, in, in the experimental and in, in, in something different to the, the tradition. No? So, but, so that's the, what you're saying, kind of you needed the global, which is still a big part of your office today. Yes. Yeah. Because you're still working a lot on, like if we're going now, if you want to go to the kind of project you're doing today, mm. your work today, um, it is still quite global. It's like half of the projects are yeah, not Mexican. More or less yeah. half of them, yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, it's quite balanced. Um, of course, since we develop all the projects here in Mexico, the majority of projects are actually here. And then there's, um, well, oh, let's say at least half. Um, the other half um, is happening elsewhere. And again, this is uh, almost it happened naturally to us because, of course, you know, I have also... Um, a network in Berlin that I always maintained and all of a sudden you are approached, you know, like, can you help us with this? Can you do this, etc. So then you find yourself doing uh, doing uh, work there. Um, we were also invited through our time in England to do actually one of the first projects uh, we've done in the practice uh, to do a um, permanent pavilion there in the, for the University of Bristol and the Royal Fort Gardens um, together with the artist Katie Patterson. So these kind of things, they um, were almost like the starting point. So not that we established our office here and then slowly tried to go beyond and, you know, step by step, but it almost was um, that we had everything at the same time happening and uh, there wasn't really choice almost. It, as I mean, as I mentioned before, it, um, it came to us almost. But of course, uh, because of our choices in life be, uh, to that date, um, having worked in various countries, even continents, um, this is also the outcome of that. And, you know, you're also looking uh, looking for it, you know, so it, it doesn't just happen so easily either, you know. It obviously is your path that you've already taken for many years and then it, it results in having projects um, uh, worldwide. I think that, um, um, okay, we, we work in a global way in terms of that we work with global people or international people, we work in international projects, but we are, and we are also formed as an international team, yeah, because, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, a German yeah. and a Mexican, which are, you could say, some of the most opposite cultures, no? <laughs> and, and, but I think what I, I think we're doing is we're dealing with international projects in a very local way, which means we are, in that sense, we're, this is what I think that is very complex in terms of the global um, um, theme, because I think in the moment you start doing global or international architecture in a very, um, you could say, kind of selfish or ignorant way in which architecture is, you know, imposed as a kind of brand or label that you impose in an alien location, ignoring the 
local culture and 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 traditions or or, or so on i think that is definitely not a very, uh, not a sustainable and not a good approach i think what we are trying to do is a very local approach in 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 the international way so that means for example we do we have the the most international or further uh, faraway project that we have is in iraq in in kurdistan in the north of iraq and you could say what what do you know about the place why are you doing that and not a local architect or a turkish architect which is you know a shorter fly away and i think um we we've approached it in a way that the most important thing to do at the beginning of a project and every day during the process is to work with local people to understand as much as we can the, the, the such a different culture and we do it with a lot of respect and admiration for for a different culture and to to try to give the best from our um, office or from our practice to not bringing our way of doing things. Just this is also very important. Yeah. Exactly. What we try to do in every project is to try to understand all the elements and then to kind of, almost like if the project will happen by itself, that you kind of put together the right things in, in a table and almost like if they would come together by themselves. And and this is, a, I think, a little bit of what we're trying to do. And But I think there's also something that to me is important in terms of as a person to experience other cultures that I think is when when one stays just in one place and in one culture, especially if it's your own, I think it gives you a little bit of kind of a certain arrogance of or, or a certain, um, I don't know, I think in the moment you understand other cultures, you are, you are better able to look again back and to your, your own, own culture, culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly, sure. and to also at the same time value what you have here and what value what you have there and and be a little bit more um, yeah, flexible also in the way you work and, and to, I don't know, it gives you a, a, a different perspective for things and I think that's very, it's been quite good for us, yeah. Um, yes, for the second part, I would ask you to answer the question, what can we learn from Mexico? And I will just, um, talking about this article where you were mentioned from Bergbau and Wohnen in October to 18, was it? Um, what I was really inspired by was um, that it was talking about collaboration, um, which seems to be very important still in your work today as well, mm -hmm. and, and in Mexico. And then it was talking about handicraft, like craftsmanship mm -hmm. that you I think you said something in the article mm -hmm. about that mm -hmm. and uh, you also said something in the article which I really liked is that you said that the attitude of the the clients is a lot more open here mm -hmm. perhaps you can say something to that mm -hmm. um, you said that they are playful uh, like more playful um, not only for materials but also for the process so if we can start with kind of those points um, mm -hmm. kind of kind of would be very interesting to know what Mm -hmm. What do you think also about, uh, perhaps, I don't know if you still see it this way, this mo I think that it was written 2017, the article. Yeah, it didn't change. <laughs> didn't <laughs> change. Yeah. Well, you never know. Um, yeah, I think the, um, the conditions here in Mexico, the practice in Mexico, uh, in comparison to, I mean, what I relate to, uh, Germany, England, Switzerland also, where I've practiced or where we are also parallel practicing 
um, are that the that um, we find it in a way almost easier to get into certain ideas or get certain ideas um, across to clients um, that they feel more open to a certain amount of experiment also architectural experiments spatial experiments um, they see it as a very much as a benefit and not so much as a burden or as a as a risk which is very much a german point of view for example you know where also it's all swiss. about controlling also the swiss yeah controlling risk uh, minimizing risk um uh, it's very much about warranties about liabilities if something goes wrong who has then to pay etc this is the, the 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 critical aspects in architecture and you as an architect are often the person um, yeah, dealing with legal issues rather than thinking of you know what color should the door be or you know how tall is the space which is in a way what you know we studied for and what we're experts in but we find ourselves also administrating a lot the process and you know being in the middle of it being very exposed you know as architects and um, we do or I personally do enjoy also not having that exposure so much in Mexico because I feel that the clients don't necessarily look for like a zero risk project. They also often actually risk a lot. You know, it's a bit in the mentality, I think, also of the people here that, you know, the way you just like don't put the seatbelt and still go, you know, too fast through the city, which is not a good example. But I mean, I observe it. There's a certain risk in there, you know, how you approach life. And then, you know, it's also in the in the positive things, you know, when you do a project. Yeah, let's just try it. You know, it's often what we hear or they get convinced. Well, you know, I see it also. We probably <laughs> can convince them, you know, which is great. Um, but also you, you don't face a wall, you know, it's not like blocked off immediately. So there is room for experiment which we really enjoy i mean i personally think that it also has to do with the fact that obviously here in mexico it's an um, emerging uh, economy an emerging country um, it is growing still maybe more rapidly also than we have in europe um, there was no postmodernism because you know it just you know it's an emerging country so um, and the, the people still have the belief in in the modern idea you know that there's better times to come and that there's you know like through progress there's there is also a better life and i think in europe i mean if i may interpret this you know it's a bit like what what i observe but i think in europe um we um we had that almost in the 60s maybe you know this 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 motivation in the 70s maybe and then there was this uh you know the very critical view on modernism and now we you know we see also how um retro um um the ideas are and and how backwards often even the thinking is and i don't know i don't see that very much um or i don't enjoy that very much so what i do enjoy here in mexico is that freedom that we feel in that way so that you know we can try we can really try um architecture but that sounds like you can concentrate more on really producing architecture. Or do I misinterpret that? We c yeah, I think that's true. Um, it's less formal in a way. That's not necessarily a, a, a good thing, but it's also how it is. Um, so we don't necessarily specify to every single detail like we have to do in, you know, in Europe. Um, 
Uh, and you're very much more in the design. So, I mean, it obviously is also linked to the climate, to the mentality. So, for example, we don't need to put heating in the houses. There's no insulation to the houses. That simplifies also a lot. Uh, so you can actually concentrate on what material do you want the building to be. And you will see it from the outside, from the inside. It's the same material. It's basically how we all dream of architecture, you know. But it, the reality is different in Europe, for example, or in the, in the, in the, in the northern hemisphere, you know, where you have to pretend it's actually a solid building but in fact it's all made of foam and you know to to, to wrap it and to to keep it warm and to save energy and all of this which is all valid because you know we need to save energy but it it is simpler here and it it, it allows us to focus more also on on the architectural elements as such you know like a material is a material and you just use it as a material and yeah but it sounds very, very positive. I think, like, until now, this is, like, the most positive view on Mexico I heard so far. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, I can give you the other perspective yeah. as well. But, <laughs> I was uh, waiting for the other perspective. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, of course, all of this comes also... You could also see almost negative, you know, like, the way that it is so informal... Um, you know, also brings with it the risk that, you know, the client changes his mind and, you know, it's not specified and it's not bored with the contract of uh, of the contractor and it's all clear and set and, you know, so it's much more flexible. So you're also faced with a lot of uncertainties throughout the process and you might find yourself on the construction site and then normally it comes from the client, you know, that he says, no, I want here the bathroom on the other end and then, you know, there's pipe of all of all of a sudden on the ground floor and, and he might not mind, but you do mind, you know, and you do see also technical issues coming with it. And, but you might not have the stand to, um, to just change it, you know, so these kind of things, they do happen also. And this is extremely annoying. It's very hard to control. But on the other hand, again, you know, you could also see or say, well, you know, don't try to control too much. Maybe also, you know, all this control. I don't know. I mean, it has a good and a bad side, of course. You know, that's what I want to say. Yeah. Um, um, I think, yeah, I, I do agree with, of course, with everything But you have a different perspective because you are from here. So you have probably like for you, it was mm. a new country in the end to, yeah. to experience. And for you, it was your homeland, no? So yes. how do you see it? Um, yes, although I have to say that Mexico, don't ask me why, but like my, my, my relationship with Mexico is complex because Mexico is not an easy to understand complex, uh, sorry, easy to understand culture. What I mean is, I don't know, like you can understand very easily the history and today's situation of United States or of France or of Japan, but Mexico is a very complex country in terms of its history and its different layers of society and it's, yeah, and it's also, it was a colony, so this adds a lot of layers of complexity. So, first of all, it's very difficult to understand and even as a Mexican, every day I feel confronted with understanding my own culture. And this is something that um, I, I think I'm not alone on this. I think, um, <laughs> I think a lot of Mexicans will leave this, and probably all of us. Um, I think there's um, this book by Octavio Paz, The Labyrinth of Solitude, that explains to me very uh, nicely the complexity of our culture um, in a very nihilistic way, but still it's, it's a very valid um, 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 explanation of our own culture and I, I think that that has this 
to me, it makes that very interesting to be here. At the same time, sometimes frustrating, but it it makes it very interesting because it's something that I, I I I discover every day in a positive and in a negative way. It's all also a country and especially a city, Mexico City. I'm from here, from Mexico City, and every day I could discover a new place. You know, it's different to living in Basel, in Switzerland, where I used to live, where you almost could know every little corner of the city, you know. And in Mexico, there's really so much that we don't know. And even if we knew, we might never understand, you know. And some areas where you actually shouldn't go, or it's very dangerous to go, you know, or, or even very sad to go, and, and because the, the contrast is very strong. So I think that's... that's just something that, <laughs> that even as a Mexican is not so so easy. And then, but I think as a positive thing, I I see the um, the flexibility is what I find the best. And this is something that, for example, I have experienced as a count as a counterside in 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 European cultures, that there's not so much room for flexibility. And these sometimes, or for the unexpected, or for the un um, improvisation in architecture or in the process of architecture. And I think this, of course, might feel a little bit out of control sometimes, but it adds also a certain um, charm. Authenticity. And authenticity, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think there's also something very... Uh, nice about Mexican culture and and also in through the practice that is the personal approach the human side of things and this is something that I've also experienced in Europe because um, cities are so um, yeah how to say well I don't know but there's a certain uh, feeling of lack of uh, personal contact well, uniform and, and they're following urban plans they're following certain agendas and here it's very individualized you know. yeah but I think exactly it's perhaps the lack of formalism in in the processes mm -hmm. but for example when when you go to site in Mexico it becomes for example when I go to site and I say hi to the workers it's not just like a high like how you you know it mm -hmm. starts becoming like a personal relationship kind of and and yeah. you know a little bit more about them and and it's a nice thing and in Mexico this is very important this personal contact and that you care ask about Others personal life and 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 you also talk about yourself and and it's very much about you as a person and not just as one more in or or a business phase you know it's always very personal and this this I find really nice that it's it's very much about people and very human and um, then there's also something that I find also by working in different countries and something that I find very special about Mexico is. And or at least is my view in Mexico is that in Europe maybe the way also urbanism and and architecture or society seen is sometimes a bit flat, and what I learned from Mexico or from Mexican culture is that it it you know you don't, you cannot understand the 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 urban um, scheme or or the cities or people or or even architecture in a flat way, it has other perspectives. And actually, recently I came across a, um, a concept that is helping me a lot to understand um, or to approach Mexico, and that's the concept by Michel Foucault of heterotopies, heterotopias. How would you say that in English? Heterotopies. Yeah, and it's about understanding the cities and the urban as 
a complex thing that is is about simultaneity instead of just you know one flat thing and about different layers and 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 this you know instead of like the the utopian view of uh, this is like that and you can understand it in one word and it's also about um the urban as the world within the world within the world and you know that it 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 has all these layers of uh, of of um explanations and and and, and things happening and, and and so on and i think uh, something um that i've learned is to be a little bit more loose in terms of uh, to lose a little bit this controlling um, um approach that where we get from Herz of Demeron, probably kind of you know where you learn from the swiss architecture no like because they probably they but have it's, it's a, i mean it's office that really isn't also into details about well i think well planning. i could also say that about sana and i could yeah, say Sanai. that for for myself see i've been always a very controlling person and a very perfectionist person i i didn't find it uh, specifically about herzog and maron or sana i actually have to say i think it's about architects that okay. we see. tend to be like that and myself i was like that but i think if you under, start understanding cities it's a much more complex thing and even uh, pe people you know like that we're not so straightforward and that we are not so we cannot be so put so much put in a box as we are in certain societies that the layers of complexity of all such people and of cities are um, beyond that and i think there could be something interesting here that um, you know like there is a certain uh, urbanism that we have an architecture that we've learned from um, european tradition and also of course from an asian tradition and you could say the american one is more um you know it's it, well it's another one of course with a lot of european influence but it's yeah, another one planned planned in a different mm. way than like european yeah. yeah and i think that in mexico there is an opportunity for 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 a new model because in mexico we sometimes tend to copy i mean you've seen it also in these neighborhoods there's a lot of influence from europe especially from france there's also in urbanism there's a lot of well the <laughs> the very little urbanism that there is or planning to not say urban but like planning the very little that there is it comes very much from the states and i think that um there there it, it's very important to look outside but it's not about looking outside and bringing into mexico because we are a very different culture i think it's about finding a new way for us as a latin culture but also not not that we are different to europeans or not that we are different to japanese i mean it's not necessarily about that but i think um there is a certain complexity that we have as a culture that is very also very human and 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 i think there is room for a new way of urbanism and a, a new architecture and and this yeah i think it's about also that understanding that we, that um there needs to be something different mm -hmm. the society sorry to add to this i think the society here is much more complex than what i know for example where i how i grew up the, the european societies are much more um, similar people are similar you know we, like we share we are sort of a broad middle class um, we share values we more or less earn the same I mean it's a bit changing but more or less you know what I mean there's also poor there's also super rich but they are on the edge of the society in a sense in terms of quantities whereas here I feel that um, the, the extremes are much more visible I mean it's very obvious and you have everything 
all coexists at the same time and that also in a way makes probably the cities the way you describe it you know they are less uniform for that very matter and there's all these different interests someone with a lot of money puts something next to you know very shabby um, undeveloped um, plot and this is very much the reality is it, it just depicts also what the society is no and um, if you compare that to western um, u.s american society it's it's not at that extreme so that's why also it feels more homogeneous etc mm -hmm. but though mm -hmm. you were saying before kind mm -hmm. of that you have to have to get more loose like leave the, the perfectionism by side mm -hmm. is that something that mexico kind of learned to, like you teach you like kind of take the things as they are or what do you mean by that mm. i think um it's about um It, it doesn't mean that as an architect in my approach to architecture I become, you know, like tolerant to making a wall, not a straight wall or, you know, it, not in that sense. Um, because I think um, there is um, a certain... Um, um, uh, no, okay, so it's a different direction. So what I mean is to be more open to people, to be more open to different cultures, to be more flexible in terms of the changes of of economy, of, of um, um, anything. Also, um, yeah, I think it's more of that. It's, a, it's an approach to things and, and to understand. It's more an understanding of that, um, especially in a culture like Mexico, things can change, things are not, cannot be, they won't be clear all the time. And, and, and you need to be kind of relaxed. You know, in Europe, if you wouldn't understand what, a client is trying to tell you it's it's you might just go crazy and here sometimes we you know the project is finished and we think we you know sometimes we don't know what the client really wanted to say because people are also not so clear and change their minds and so we need to be more flexible and let go of certain things but not not talking about architecture actually in terms of architecture in in our practice we we believe or i believe in in in, I'm, I'm, a I'm still a perfectionist actually and I'm, I'm still um, seduced and obsessed with craftsmanship and that to all the levels and for example every time I see a beautiful object made by Mexican craftsmanship that is uh, I don't know like imagine traditional technique and, and you realize that if they wouldn't be precise in what they're doing you know there might be You know, it might not be as precise as, as the Japanese thing, but there is a certain level of precision, otherwise it wouldn't be what it is. And, and I think there is this, um, this, the appreciation for beauty and the appreciation for, for carefulness is something that is very important to me, even in a Mexican context. But also I think Mexican also kind of, I feel like people do want to have, you know, they still have the ambition of doing things right. Mm -hmm. Even though you know they have lots of problems and everything, <laughs> I feel like from what I saw, people do want to see this. Do want to you know uh, uh, somebody that is working with metal or anything? They yeah. do usually. I know. mean, I have to. <laughs> oh no! I have to veto. I think because I think um, uh, in the everyday, of course, if you have the, the, your ambitious carpenter, he's trying to do good work, no question. But if you just have someone fixing your window, I mean, if it looks good, if it looks, it's 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 fixed, and he, he just runs off, you know. Okay. And if it's uh, fixed or not, you know, you'll figure out the next day, or you know, or when the next rain comes. There is a lot of that, and um, 
so that obviously makes you feel sometimes betrayed, you know, of of of, of the, what the deal actually was, you know, etc. And um, that makes it also a bit tricky. I mean, but that's a little bit, you know. Maybe, but what does it mean for the work of an architect? You need to kind of control, you control. your workers you need a to, lot yeah. more. You need to double check. You need to control. You need to, yeah, um, test. And then, but it's <laughs> this is something that I found very interesting on day one when I was here and. I was testing and first of all, of course, um, I was expecting that, you know, the work was done and no, 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 but I learned, no, no, you have to test it and, and no one would get um, upset, you know, that you're testing and you're double checking and you also look at the backside. Is it really well done? It's all fine. It's totally accepted. Of course, he has to check, you know, because otherwise I don't get my money, you know, it's a bit like that. So and that implies also that a lot of people don't do it well, because otherwise you don't need to check. So there's a little bit, you know, part of it as well. Uh, you know, it's part of the deal, let's say, of, 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 you know, that flexibility or whatever, you know, we have here. Um, but maybe I can also shift it a bit more or, or in that context, uh, talk about material in general, in general. Um, under the title, you know, learning from Mexico, what is there in a way to learn? And perhaps I can relate it to how I see also materials in, let's say, Germany, which is also my background, um, especially now having or, or having also projects there under construction. Um, I've just come back yesterday or two days ago from from construction site over there. And I'm really in the middle of, you know, comparing one to the next, you know, like building there, building here. And um, the, the way you work with materials here is almost in a poetic way. I mean, well, you know, you could see it that way. It's in a very direct way. It's like, you know, it's a terracotta is made by a person. And if you go to another person, he's doing it in a different way because it's hand labor. And this is the craftsmanship, which is very beautiful. Of course, this terracotta stone, let's say, made by someone doesn't fulfill certain certifications because it doesn't have any, right? And, um, you know, like, you know, like what we had 200 years ago in Europe, maybe, you know, someone's doing different materials and you use them and they work. And, you know, from experience, they withhold a certain strength so you can build a house from them etc no and to put the window together here you put a piece of glass you have to hold it up somehow put a steel bar and it's a bit more like the modernist used to do it in europe a hundred years ago but this is not the reality in europe anymore and especially in berlin i've or in, in, in germany i find myself um specifying products all the time and i mean where is the poetry in that i have to say you know like if it's a paint it's not so much about actually the color itself i mean you really have to go into a niche you know like um which we are doing at the moment as well like we are going into like uh, ecological colorings and there's for example in berlin there's like one shop which uh, um, 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 you know has a, a color palette based on clay so they are clay colors and they mix them themselves and i can relate to that this is also what the Corbusier had in mind and all of this but the reality is a different one you go into a you go into the catalogs and you you know it's it's all about standardization it's about making a product out of a thing and um, being you know that the color is exactly the same you know two years later on if you buy a next bottle again and um, it's very much about um, performance you know a color performs certain things you know withstands heat and, and blah 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 is um, um, resistant to that and that, no, and it's not so much about. But what 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 color do we actually want the building to be? No, no, no. It's all about you know. It has to withstand this. It has to be robust against frost. And so I see a lot of uh, focus on this. And um, 
And I, the choice of a window in Germany is different than the choice of a window here. Totally. Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, here, maybe you don't need a window. You put some mm -hmm. bamboo shutters because, you know, the climate might allow you to do it. So it's a very different approach. But my point is also that I think materials here can be seen more freely, can be, um, yeah, really taken as what they are. And I think in Europe we are so advanced in a way that we are stuck you know with products and of course you can make also beautiful architecture from this but i i also i mean this is what i've also seen at herzog Dimron. the moment you make something special it's often a custom-made element you know like that you go to a company and you mix with them a specific color and it's a color of the project and but this is luxury market that's a reality like not every House can afford that, you know, and it's a bit sad somehow to see that, you know, that it's the most obvious thing, you know, to just put things together that, you know, want to belong together or where the architect can be poetic, use this material and such. It's actually for the luxury market, you know, because it's a highly sophisticated thing that needs maybe a specific certification, which costs you just 50,000 just to get it certified and stuff, no? because it's special. It's out of the catalog you know, or, or beyond the catalog. And this is, I think, well, it's our times, you know, and of course you can make beautiful architecture with all of this as well, but I, especially in the direct contrast, I, I appreciate very much the, um, the, yeah, the, the direct uh, touch with material here and the, the way we can use it here to put to assembly. But you, there's, oh, sorry. <laughs> what you also said in the article is that you like to design things as well that mm. is possible here and it's not yeah, yeah. I mean like it, here it's just like you can afford it you couldn't afford it in Europe yeah, yeah. sometimes so I think that's also a very it's important part yeah, yeah it's related kind of to yeah. specifically for a project you can design the things what is luxury totally. in, in Europe yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah and yeah um, another thing Besides the material that I find um, very sp special and very interesting in, in, in our practice is that in architecture in places like Mexico, with climate and geography, etc., like Mexico, you can do architecture in a very different way as in Europe. And, and that was one of the reasons why we also wanted to establish our office here and because we were interested in this, in this relationship between architecture and nature, meaning, meaning not just that you can look into a nice window out into the mountains like you could do in a sweet house, but in Mexico almost the whole year you can experience an interior domestic space, for example, with nature. And that means you can, you know, like we've been trying also in some projects, for example, in a house project here in Mexico, to how in a just domestic space you could break really the boundary between the garden and the house. And, and this means, for example, in the moment, um, physically you forget about this boundary and, and you are just there in the middle of it. And I think this is something that, of course, architects like Barragan have experienced and, and used, like with the patios, with the garden, the relationship with the house with, and the garden, the light. And it's not something, um, um, yeah, it's something that we are definitely obsessed with and it's about na natural aspects. So that means not just in terms of, or not only in terms of making a sustainable way of living, which is obviously also a, a matter in our practice, but it's, it's about the physical um, 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 experience 
of, of the natural. That's why in some of our projects, for example, in Mexamerica, I sent you one on, yeah, Mexamerica, uh, that is a logistics terminal with headquarters of a company that it's, this is a program where you might think, okay, a little tower, air conditioning, glass facade. And we actually decided to make a kind of non-building in which um, there is a, there's no facade. The garden, there was no space for the garden, so we moved the garden into the building. And it's all about challenging the workspace. So the workspace is not anymore just an enclosed, or not only an enclosed space where you're in front of a computer, but it's about spaces that are a little bit, well, semi-open, that are roof protected from the sun and the rain, but they are open into the into nature, with gardens, where we try to encourage social encounters, movement uh, through the building, and and different modes of working, of interacting in, within a company. And this, for example, in this case, we used it for this uh, logistics terminal project. But for a housing project, as I was saying, this house here in Polanco in Mexico City, it was all about that, the, 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 the breaking the, this, this limit. And with different projects, for example, the housing project um, in, um, of Casa Ilo, that is a um, project uh, we just completed, it's a rural social housing project where it was also about this interaction, but it was based or trying to provide a housing for rural people where we try to understand what were the forms of living of these people. That was a con or that was our main interest, the forms of living, because in rural areas where it's tropical climate, people don't live necessarily indoors. This is actually something that we have as a preconception, that we always do things in closing four walls. But for example, in certain regions in Mexico, people sleep outdoors in hamacas. They cook outdoors with um, wood stoves, with a slow cooking process, and it has to function outdoors because of the uh, main process of, the, of these um, cook, um, cooking elements, points. And people have showers outside in some kind of like small pools that are called pilas. And we try to interpret or incorporate in a way these, all these traditional functions into a modern house. And, and it was all about the huerto or the um, kind of fruit garden also with all these functions of the house and how people could um, kind of like um, meander between these indoor spaces and outdoor spaces and depending on the climate or the mood or the needs they would move out or in. No? So this is also something that we it's been recurring or it's been a very um, our, one of our aims in 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 Mexico at least yeah. in architecture. Kim said something very similar. He said kind of inside and outside, you know, there's a lot more it's a lot more fluent in um, like the borders less important mm -hmm. in Mexico. And then he's also quite interested about it that. It also can be because of the climate. No? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a kind of funny that this uh, topic also influenced us in the German project that we have on site at the moment, which is a house in the woods. And we found, obviously, we were also lucky to have a, um, a client that asked us to actually respect the woods and not to just make tabula rasa oh. and put a concrete uh, flat slab down like it's normally the case. You know? So we also very welcome this very much and um, um, 
basically set the house around the trees in order to not cut any roots. We had to lift up the house so it's actually floating above the ground. And we applied very large windows, very specifically overlooking always at, at least one tree or two trees um, that, in front, that are in front of that window. And um, it partially um, uh, opening up the house. So we have, uh, for example, three entrance doors, not just one, which is very unusual for you know, one family home. We have also large windows that can open. So there we really tried to apply this also or to experiment with this, what we are having here as our daily practice in the, the German context, which is maybe a little bit un orthodox or, or at least unusual perhaps you know to have three three doors to the outside i mean of course it's a cost issue but it gives you so much more benefits because for example one door is to the bathroom so one of the entrance doors goes straight into the bathroom you know or the other way around that you go you know straight out from your bathroom you know into the garden and i of course you can do this because there's a beautiful garden and there's a there's a kind of almost like a mini forest around you, but we also, you know, fought hard for it because we kept the trees, you know. In so another it's a more direct yeah. way to communicate yeah. with the surroundings somehow, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. also with the climate and, and, the, and the nature around you. Yeah. But how do you deal with this, this kind of um, idea of climate and everything for the project in Iraq? Because uh, this is again something completely. When we talk, yeah. if we talk about climate and everything, this is again completely yeah. different. Well, actually, I was just thinking about Iraq because um, I think what I what I it's something new that I've been realizing in our practice that this concept that we've learned from Mexico between of the relationship of nature and and uh, domestic, let's say, um, let's say I've I've been realizing that we are applying some of these ideas into projects. In, in, in other countries, like Christoph was saying, in, in Klein Curries, in Germany. And in, in, I was thinking also of the project in Iraq, where we, we were commissioned to make a memorial for the Amphile, a, um, a genocide, and in the middle of the desert. And we decided to create a garden as a symbol for a loss in a tra tragedy. And the building, I, I like to see our building as a non-building. So what I find um, 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 you know, important in our concept for, for this memorial is that from the outside it's almost um, vanishing in the landscape. Um, and then, but you never really, really read a building. It's more like a kind of wall or protective wall, like a um, ortus conclusus. And as you enter, you find a garden and you never really understand that there's a building because it's kind of eaten by the wall. Anyways, but the point is, um, it's kind of like garden design. And, and yeah, the building is almost like secondary. And I am, the way we approach there, the climate, for example, is using local materials. And we propose to use local rocks from the mountains, which is very atypical in the region nowadays. So the old towns in the, around in the neighboring region of our memorial, the, 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 there's been the use of these stones to construct cities. And nowadays they are just disappearing because they are not preserving them because they don't see the value on, on these constructions. They look at Dubai and they look at Tur Turkey where there's glass and concrete construction. So we are challenging a little bit the um, current trend or the current um, values and try to, um, in a very 
kind of um, software <laughs> introduce a, a material that is local and to also bring work or, or the craftsmanship that might be lost. Um, yeah, so and, and this material, I mean, answering to your question about how we deal with the weather, climate weather, um, different to ha having chosen glass, for example, that glass wouldn't have worked in the middle of the desert, it will scratch, what about the heat? So, in a way, the stone was perfect because we can create, um, you know, thicker mass where we can control temperatures inside and also it, it just with one material practically solve the whole building, which is also practicality when you build in the middle of the desert is a good idea. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, so it seems like you learned a lot from Mexico in the end. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah? think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the end, yeah. I mean, I or me as a European, I can say that um, coming to this part of the world, you know, this, to, to this mentality, to this climate, to this setting, to, you know, um, obviously is a, lot, is a huge contrast. And it definitely is something there that you can learn. It almost, you know, because uh, um, of course we are more advanced, you know, in many um aspects but this advancement is also it's it's only in, in the paper you know it's like like is that any better is the other question you know um there is obviously more progress in you know certain technicality uh, uh, technical aspects all of this you know standardization it has all also a lot of benefits but at the end um I think um, it's also healthy to question this a little bit and um, seeing it from this perspective here in Mexico, it definitely also poses the question, um, do you need to regulate every single thing? Do you need to formulate every single thing? You know, and we see it, for example, with the DIN norms, with the European norms. I mean, there is like they never drop a norm. There's always another one coming. So. Um, that means you make it the world much more complex all the time and there's no stepping back also if we feel like maybe we've gone a bit too far no 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 there is no you know it's just it gets more and more complex and i'm not so sure this is the answer necessarily you know there's a lot of advancement in this and, and you know benefits and stuff i but i think it's uh, it's also healthy to question it every now and then what i feel sometimes oh what i think is um it seems to me that people here are sometimes more direct or closer to the client as well, mm. which I think is very interesting. And also kind of the whole, um, I think Max said in the article, um, what did he say? He said something about um, open social format, mm -hmm. which I kind of liked. And I said, that's something I missed in Switzerland. There was no, to me, like there was not that much open social format. So I think that's again, you know, an advantage of here. It's kind of people know how to communicate, which they sometimes forget in Switzerland because mm. everything is regulated. You know, it's, I mean, I was for about two months, I was planning bicycles for like, like how many bicycles are we going to put in this corner of the building? Mm. And then, you know, and then you change something, then one bicycle doesn't fit in, you need to put the bicycle somewhere else. And we were talking a lot about things where in the end you like, is it really architecture? And is, re is it really, you know, essential if we have one or two bicycles more? And we just have to prove it so mm -hmm. that you can get the building permit. So that's what I... Sometimes I feel like now here I have like more discussions about real architecture. 
perhaps it is because of the project I was working in, but right now, it seems to me mm. people just communicate better here sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would actually question the the uh, the the Max statement. <laughs> okay, you do. <laughs> yeah, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, I do agree with you in in terms of. Uh, um, in, there is a certain flexibility here for, for things, to discuss things and to come up with new things, change. And this is what, what I also appreciate a lot. And um, yeah, but on the other side, in terms of communication, I actually think that this is one of the most complex things in my own country, that um, there is... Um, um, and this is what uh, also has to do a little bit with Octavio Paz's um, um, labyrinth of solitude um, descriptions. But it's there's there is a certain um, unclarity on things that is always there, and there's always also um, um, a use of certain masks in in society, and there's also this thing that there is a kind of like social persona of everyone, and there's also this kind of like. Um, you know, like people are not really saying what they think, and it's very similar. They're very I find, polite. They're very polite. Yeah, and I find a lot of similarities between Japan and Mexico, in in terms of this thing where you sometimes don't really know what is happening behind walls or behind masks, and this is this is something that sometimes I actually very much appreciate of 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 the more German Swiss. Um, people that it can be a bit more clear that you know if they're angry they're gonna tell you what they think and they're gonna be against you and they're gonna confront you and sometimes we get a lot of like yes and yes and yeah 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 of yeah, course yeah, yeah like happy happy and all good and yes of course this and this and that and then it doesn't happen you know yeah. and so it's about clients or is it more about clients or about everything everything okay everything it's about clients it's about people you work with it's about people who work in your team and it's Sometimes there is this um, kind of politeness or, or social behaviors that um, are not so clear. And this happens also in municipalities and in institutions. And, and this also makes the process very complex of architecture. Because sometimes you need to learn to um, kind of uh, understand these. Read. Read, read. differently. Like, exactly. To yeah. read. And sometimes even if you do... I mean, I've seen clients being very frustrated because and it's clients that have you know like 50 years of experience of working in Mexico and being very frustrated because they cannot read a behavior of a third party within the process of our project and and this is when I've learned also that you know not because I'm much younger it's it's th that I, I also get into these situations because I've seen it in, in even in clients or, or collaborators that are you know like much older that they go through these frustration processes because they also gonna read so I've also been discovering that is it's it's this kind of unclarity also in the culture and and um, yeah yeah that's the point I have like when you say it, it makes sense to me because people are very polite here but it's true that I haven't experienced it here so far but I mean like yeah you always get as you said, kind of, you always have like advantages and disadvantages yeah. in, in, in the country. Um, but 
I still think to me it seems like people communicate more. <laughs> no, but for sure, yeah. That's, yeah, that's if people talk more, yeah. Okay. Talk more, I would say. <laughs> yeah, and they also collaborate mean as well. that you say more, you know? Well, like, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, you know, from Switzerland, people talk very little, but when they say something, they've thought it's about it. It's very precise. They really, yeah. they've, they've prepared it in a yeah, way, you know, yeah. to let it out. And, and so. I put you an example. For example, many, many, many projects that we do, in the first meetings with the clients, they don't know what they want as a project. And sometimes they tell you the project is this. And two weeks later, they thought about it and maybe the project is something else. Or they actually forgot about what they said and that the project is a different thing. Or they actually, you know, like, when didn't explain it maybe so clearly. And then they try to explain it differently and it's a different thing. So you get that in Switzerland with private person, but if it is if it is kind of a like a competition or something, it's like over clear. Like mm, you know, everything yeah. is going to be very very defined. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Yeah, but a private person are probably like this everywhere. I can imagine. <laughs> I think even in Switzerland, people probably like don't really. I'm not sure they always know what they want. Okay. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe this is yeah just a general the global a global in private architecture. Person. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Private yeah. client person. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, I think, did you want to add anything? I think it is also a nice adding to the, the article because mm. it is still the same points but kind of a different yeah. view and also kind of another view than what Max said about It's the, becoming a debate. Yeah, it's coming. <laughs> I, should ask, yeah, I should ask Max what he thinks about all of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe someone else. Maybe <laughs> yeah, someone else. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you very much for taking the time. And I, I learned sure. a lot as well. And also kind of a different perspective it's always good to hear thank you so much thank you thank you